So we're just going to clear something up before we start. Yes, that Michael just brought something up there. Um, I did. So Happy recently, I've been waiting until midnight and then texting Michael yes. a, a certain name. And that name is going to be referred to as the one who shall not be named. Okay. On person. We can only mention the person who cannot be named via text. Yeah. His name can only be written down because if you say his name, you summon him. Okay. And we don't want to summon this. Yeah, this, no, this we don't. We don't. No. <laughs> but... We're going to reveal it on the Patreon. Oh, this yeah. name of he who shall not be named. <laughs> okay. So tell me what you know about this he who shall not be named. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Well, what I know is all very new information to me. Um, his name uh, is a joke. Is the punchline of a joke? Yeah. A good joke. Good joke. Yeah. Uh, he has red or no hair. Bordering on no hair. <laughs> Bordering on no hair now. Uh, he works within the Gory no, area. No, he's now retired. He's now retired. Yeah. Uh, so now he just is in the Gory area. Yeah. Doesn't work in it. Iconic. Iconic and iconic uh, man, we'll say. Yes. Yeah, we'll give that away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find out who we're talking about. You'll know why we won't mention his name when you find out his name. Uh, from family friend of the Dwyers. All right, yeah. But it adds to the suspense and the lore of it all. Oh, mm. Conrad used to tell me there's a Peter Crow podcast. Pod, podcast. Pod <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we have to have a mod for a yeah, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. Podcast. Talk about that doors. could be a new segment on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. The podcast. The podcast. It's an overhead. That's perfect. Where were we going before this? Oh, Conroy. Oh, yeah, Hatch. they had the thing where like there was a was something like someone that addressed someone did in a dressing room, and like every week it was the suspense of who was it, who had done this act or whatever. So now we have our he who shall not be named, he who shall and not we'll be named. Uh, keep this suspense. Uh, Triggling, triggling, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it into 2022 as we... Okay, yeah. so welcome to Paper Tuesdays yeah. with Michael Dwyer, Mark well, Halpin. Yeah, Mark, New Year's traditions, so we're coming up into New Year. And I actually, just before the podcast, I was saying how I don't get this whole thing, that people are actually more interested in fitness when it comes to January. To January. Yeah, it's the New Year's resolutions, I suppose. What don't you get about it? I just think that uh, I thought people were more, were, were cleverer. I thought that people would understand that, you know, there are 52 weeks of the year that it doesn't have to be a thing that we can only start exercising the first week of the year. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way I see the world too. Whereas uh, I was talking about this to Breed the other day and she was like, uh, what do you do on New Year's? Or it's like, uh, I never, I don't like New Year's or whatever. It's just like, um, New Year's is just a day. It's mm. today is a day and tomorrow's a day and we put these names on them for some reason, but it's no different any other day. Do you yeah. know people like say, Oh, a whole new year is starting and what's gonna happen or the last year but like who what fucking difference does it make? That's just a sentence you're putting on the day. Yeah. It, that, that whole concept only struck me when I was looking up like how New Year's arrived. And yes, there were ancient Babylonian traditions, but really our concept of New Year's owes a lot to the Romans when they brought out the calendar. Like when you think about it, everything with, with, that we associate with New Year's is January 1st. Yeah. And, you know, the, the start of a new calendar year. So um, I think that spoils the fun of it. I think, Mark, we should give some local authority the, the power 
to decide, like maybe in the middle of April, whatever day of decide, mm. okay, no, it's New Year's now. Yeah. We're going into a new year. That's what China did. That's a, But China were, in fairness to China, they were doing it earlier. So they were going off the moon before the Romans went off the calendar. Yeah. So I, I, I used to think the same. Oh, sure, the Chinese just, they had to be different yeah. and go a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was more, they've just always been doing their own thing with their own uh, regime. Um, Speaking of calendars, you can get your Halpin Furniture calendars now made by Shane Halpin Marketing. Yeah, Picture fantastic them. calendar. The great calendar. Yeah, great look of art though. Mm. It's a great how a photo can cast a different lo- lens over a place, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, not to be dissing art <laughs> You can no, polish I love art But, um, well, I don't know if I love art But anyway, <laughs> a lot of defining characteristics of art But, um... When you think about photos, I think of Stalin. Do you remember when Stalin, he was able to, this is like Photoshop pre the 21st century. Yeah. There, there was a photo of Stalin on a boat with someone and he was able to remove the photo, remove uh, the image of a man in the photo and it was just Stalin on a boat. Yeah. You mustn't delight your man. That was in history, Junior Cert history, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I remember the Junior Cert history book, yeah. Um, Electric Lizzie. Electric <laughs> Lizzie. My uh, history Ms. teacher. Russell. Ms. Yeah. Russell. Yeah, she uh, was... A, <laughs> A DJ. Was <laughs> she a DJ? That's where that's Electric Lizzie. Oh, what did you think it was? <laughs> I just thought it was a nickname you made up. <laughs> <No. the song>. <laughs> <laughs> she worked as a DJ. Wow, yeah. fair play to her. Mm. That was, she was the only teacher we had that was a DJ. Of course, John Burke was a seasoned DJ in The Orphan Girl. Was he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Orphan Girl discos back in those yeah. days. Yeah. I'd love to have been around for him. And you hear about the buses that were going out with Mrs. Cousins buses. And <laughs> Mad she, Cousins. Yeah. Like she she was some, I'd say she hasn't been driving now in a few years, but apparently <laughs> she used not. to. I hope not. <laughs> but she used to sit on phone books to see out <laughs> over the windscreen. And then she um, had a shotgun under the phone book. That's what I heard. <laughs> I did hear that she used to have a shotgun under a seat. <laughs> right. And yeah. you're lucky Matty didn't have a shotgun under a seat when you were... <laughs> In the front of the bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not the gear stick, Matty. Where were well, we're, We've been going everywhere now. Yeah. Um, New Year's. Um, mm. So, Mark, what are your memories of New Year's? As someone that doesn't drink, I remember going to pubs with you and, like, it used to be, like, kind of awkward in that, like, it'd be half level and said, oh, no, I have to count on now, or, you know, it's 30 minutes to go now, or whatever. But, yeah. yeah. And then, it's a, no, for me, now, when you're drinking, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And you just mm. hear 10, you're like, 10, 9! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, memories of New Year's. There was one good New Year's we had in Gorey that night. We got the uh, top uh, floor McGovern's kind of. There was around twenty of us, wasn't there? A load of lads. Yeah. Big Sam in his trench coat. Uh, yeah. The right. fan- well-dressed man, as Mick McGovern called him, because Flood was looking for him. <laughs> um, drinking peach snaps. But another New Year's was your eighteenth birthday. Oh. Gosh, I wasn't expecting this. That was, that the whole night was unexpected. Mm. So that was in the Tara Vale. Mm. I always get the, that and the Tara V mixed up. Yeah. Fun fact about the Tara V, it was meant to be called the Tara View, but the W fell off the front of it. Yeah. Back to my story. <laughs> um, <laughs> we arrived very early uh, to the orphan. The Tara Vale. The Tara Vale. And myself and Philly were drinking pints. Philly Kinsler, shout oh. out. Um, and I got very drunk. I remember Stamp did something. We're not going to bring it up, but uh, that stuck with him for a while. Can that night. <gasps> he... Nah, no, don't go into it. Wait, the past <laughs> is the past, Michael. Um, but uh, anyway, that was in the Tower of Vale. <laughs> and we went back to your house. Uh, I didn't last too long back at your house because me and Stamp were messing. 
I remember we taped all the bottles of Miller's shut. Someone <laughs> brought back a crate of Miller back to the house and me and Stan found tape and taped them all shut so no one could open them. Um, I remember eating ice cream with my bare hands. <laughs> Something happened with a banana as well with Stan. You used to do a lot of queer things in my house. I, I did. Do you remember when you got on a hover? No. Yes. Uh, was it the hoverboard? A uh, flicker. A flicker, yeah. And you crashed into the washing machine. I crashed into the washing detergent. Oh. And I drank some of it. You drank some of it, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh, so I can't remember who brought me home that night, but uh, I'm glad they did, and I think everyone else is glad they did. <laughs> that was some night. So your birthday mm. is the start of the new year. Yeah. And how is how do you find that? I love it. Mm. Um, I suppose because I don't drink. Uh, I tell you, if I drank, I'd say because you probably nurse a hangover on your birthday, and I wouldn't mm. like that. Mm. No. Um, I do like it, and look, uh, I kind of always make an excuse, because it's a public holiday, then I, I've, down through the years, I've always said, right, the family, we have a family meal together, or whatever, so, um, yeah. Um, sports-wise? Sports-wise? That's the Oh, I meant the... to get an extra year, yeah, yeah, it was lost on me, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure so... it benefits other people. <laughs> and when yeah. is, there's, a community games, what's that? Yeah, wow, okay. Uh, community games, uh, you never took part in them? No. No, oh, they're like, they're like Mokra for like drafts and, <laughs> and like mini events and like, it could be athletics or it could be painting. Uh, right, actually, we're going to go there. I love bringing in family connections. I yeah. saw a tweet by Killian Sunderman, the, I think that's his name, the comedian. And yeah. he said that uh, Irish people, there's a rule that when they, when two people that don't know each other, within 30 seconds, they have to find someone that they know yes. mutually. So with that in mind, uh, Bree Brown's brother, Ken, mm. was the DJ at my 18th. Was he? Yeah. Wow. He charged 50 euro. Very wow. reasonable when you think about it. And, for pressing uh, a button. For pressing. <laughs> yeah, with the hours involved. So you wouldn't get a DJ now for 50 euro. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another connection. Yes. Siobhan was... She was either judging or like associated with the judging of an art competition of community games. Right. And I got, I came third in the <laughs> district uh, competition. And then I went, oh, now I wouldn't be known for my artistic talent at all, Mark, <laughs> right. have you know. But uh, then we, I got to the county final in Adamstown, but I didn't, I failed there. So that was the, the sword on which I fell. And yeah, because uh, I believe like the, the cut off a point for community games is the 31st of July. Which is Breed's birthday, oh. and mine's oh. the 27th, so I would have... Thunder! We're, being, we're under attack. <laughs> In Paper Tuesdays. Um, but, yeah, um, actually, I went, I played drafts in the current games as well. I didn't, wasn't quite successful, but... Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> remember I was from I went to the Ballygarrett National School and yet for drafts I went to the school in Gorey and uh, I remember going in there in the after school it was Tuesday or Thursday and the teacher had a whistle drafts <laughs> and the woman had a whistle in case things get out of hand yeah surely yeah. drafts isn't that fucking loud <laughs> that you need a whistle you say okay lads that was wrong <laughs> what is blowing a fucking whistle in your ear down draft yeah but I don't know how you never got involved in the community. It seemed like it touched every part of society. No, they didn't want Castellan as part of the community, yeah, I'd say. Really? Yeah, we're just uh, them lads out by the sea, hunting <laughs> for fish with spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where did this take place? In Navena? No, um, St. Joseph's. A lot took place in St. Joseph's uh, 
national school where where the school is not now. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. They're going to build houses there. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> how did New Year's lead to community again? <laughs> anyway, back to New Year's. Yeah. So this is our New Year's special. Yeah. So I've been looking up New Year's stuff. And I told you, I was thinking about doing this. So this was the year 2000 problem, other known oh. as Y2K. So I couldn't really remember what it was. I just remember a Simpsons episode on it. Basically, all mm. the technology was going to break. So I've done some research here. So this is the Wikipedia uh, explanation of the year 2000 problem. The year 2000 problem, also known as the Y2K problem, millennium bug, Y2K bug, Y2K glitch, or Y2K error, refers to potential computer errors related to the formatting and storage of calendar data for dates in and after the year of 2000. Many programs represented four-digit years with only the final two digits, making the year 2000 indistinguishable from the year 1900. Computer systems' inability to distinguish dates correctly had the potential to bring down the worldwide infrastructures for industries ranging from banking to air travel. In the years leading up to the turn of the century, the public gradually became aware of the Y2K scare, and individual companies predicted the global damage caused by the bug would require anything from between 400 million to 600 billion to rectify. A lack of clarity regarding the potential dangers of the bug led to some stock up on food, water, arms, purchase backup generators, and withdraw large sums of money in anticipation of a computer-induced apocalypse. Contrary to public expectations, few major errors occurred in 2000, primarily due to the preemptive action of many computer programmers and information technology experts. Companies and organizations in some countries, but not all, had checked, fixed, and upgraded their computer systems to address the problem. Then US President Bill Clinton, who organized efforts to minimize the damage in the United States, labeled Y2K as the first challenge to the 21st century successfully met. And retrospectives of the, on the event typically commend the programmers who work to avert the anticipated disaster. Well, so I got fuck all from that. That was very long-winded. So I went on Reddit and right. went on to uh, explain to me like I'm five. So this is, uh, someone was asking, I don't really understand the whole concept of what Y2K was. Can you please explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old? Uh, so you're writing a computer, a computer program in the early '80s or earlier, and your computer has some pretty light, some pretty tight limitations that don't exist today. So if you want to create a big system to handle a bank or handle a power plant or a water system or whatever, you need to look for some shortcuts. One of these shortcuts people use was they only stored the year as the two digits, so the last two digits, like 1981, would be stored as 81. This helped. Uh, out because we store information about dates everywhere and cutting the size of the date each slightly was an obvious way to save. The downside of this is the program did certain math with time ranges. It might have might behave strangely if the year rolled over to zero zero, but that's 20 plus years from now. Who will be using their old systems 20 years from now? Turns out everyone was. So billions of dollars had to be spent hiring an experts in these old systems to go in and modify them at their lowest level. These systems ran basically everything. Some people think it wasn't a real problem because nothing happened, but the only reason it turned out so well was because so much money and time was spent trying to prevent it as a problem. It's not a story about fears, it's a story about how even the most extensive problems can be avoided if you put in enough time and money and energy into it. Hmm. What did you make of having looked it up, Mark, and what did you make of that? It's uh, short-sightedness, really, isn't it? It's, as your man said there in that comment, it's just putting things off and not sorting out. It's like, oh, sure, we, we'll have updated it in 20 years, but that didn't happen, and then they were stuck with this problem. Because I think what the actual problem was, dates were going to go back to zero, zero, so you couldn't tell if it was 1900 or 2000. 
in the dates and that was on all systems everywhere they done this so they had it took so much fucking work to actually go in and do it and people were like in the lead up to it there was crazy fucking uh i don't do you remember y2k no i don't the only thing really about uh how we as a society marked the millennium was i remember there was a there was some a countdown clock in the river liffey and it broke Mm. Uh, to get for, to Millennium, that was the only thing. But I, so all of that is kind of news to me. But what I like about it is that it's just human beings. It reveals like how we, like I, yes, I see your point is valid. Like in that, it's um, it shows that maybe we could have been they could have for, foreseen this problem earlier mm. uh, and could have rectified it. But the fact that human beings just we're, we're a flawed race and just how. There was a problem and they reacted to it. It was kind of they got a sorted bit in uplifting. The, got sorted in the end. Mm. So then there was, there was a few more like, uh, cra- what was your craziest Y2K story? Because, right. you know, there was widespread panic around it. Mm. Uh, so this lad says, I was managing the IT department in a state agency and they were under enormous pressure to prevent any Y2K problems. On New Year's Day, I went to work before dawn and tested everything before the executive director arrived. Relieved that everything was working out okay, we went to IHOP for a celebratory breakfast. The IHOP bill was date and time stamped the 32nd of December 1999. Oh, <clears throat> wow. There's another one so here. So it wasn't Joy Ford? Yeah. Uh, so here's what I was saying about, you know, that computer systems wouldn't be able to tell if it was uh, 2000 or ni- 1900. I think my favorite story I heard was actually about it was actually happened before 2000 but it happened in basically the same idea it was about someone in a northern european country who had turned 105 born in like 1890 receiving a letter in the mail addressed to parents of and his name the letter was telling his parents that he was supposed to start school now and that he was five years old of course this happened because the government used a two-digit date in the computer and sent a letter to everyone with a 90 birth year that's so mad. 1890 not 1990 right uh, you know there was a big thing um in Ireland, like, of people, like, say, around the 1900s, if you live around then, you'd, you'd add on seven years to your age and, like, oh, no, I'm 67. So then you get the pension. But, mm. like, you could really actually only be 56. Mm. And there was no need for, or there was no ability to prove that. So really? lots of people got the pension, even though they weren't actually pension age. Pension age. There was no way of check. There was no IDs. Oh, no. IDs are much more recent but like birth certs like birth records only really start well maybe there were earlier ones and we burnt them in wars and whatever but uh, the earliest ones are the 1860s so that's why we don't know that much about our ancestors obviously they're more well preserved for like maybe church of ireland and that's protestants but (laughs) but um yeah that's the crack 1860 isn't that long ago no that's our grandparents parents exactly yeah what i like to think about is like my father knows or like obviously lived with during the time of his grandfather Mm. so my father and his grand stuff sorry my great-grandfather remembers people walking to the workhouse or remembers talking remembers people talking about people going to the workhouse like during the famine like imagine how bleak that nixon's that was yeah the workhouse was out there I can't believe Keep going, come on. Yeah, sorry, no, no. Just the workhouse is like, if you had no, if you were the pits and you didn't have any support, any income, no work, yeah, you just went to the workhouse and you got basic food or whatever. And like, it would have been pretty bleak to be living in the workhouse or going to the workhouse. Mm. And yet, so that memory is passed through as uh, up to 
like my father who was able to connect with his grandfather on that subject wow. you know like and it's so as you say it just echoes your point in that it isn't that long ago when you no um did i ever tell you a story about my grandmother the one from kerry no who worked in the gpo oh right. she um left kerry at 18 on a train to dublin and basically that was the, like moving and never seeing your family again like you know that, yeah. that was kind of it she was working in the gpo she worked out for a few years and uh, she was walking down Grafton Street or one, a street in Dublin, I think it was Grafton Street one day. And she met a lady from home who she knew and they had a conversation. <clears throat> the lady said to her, I was very sorry to hear about your sister. And sure, Ma, I call her like our grandmother, had never, didn't know that her sister had died three days earlier on an operating table. She was getting an operation oh on her sinuses God. and she died on the operating table. And this lady from home knew. But because they had no way of contact her in Dublin, maybe they sent her a letter and hadn't arrived yet. But that's how she found out. And like you'd think nowadays, that that's only my grandmother. Like yeah. she had no way of finding out. Whereas now you'd know WhatsApp straight Instantly. away like that. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Here um, we're talking about about human beings, and uh, this kind of links back into our idea of our celebrations and uh, New Year's traditions. Um, now I found this graphic, and it has fifty New Year's resolutions from mm. around the world yeah. now we're going to take some of these with a pinch of salt uh tradition sorry not resolutions uh we're going to have to take some of these with a pinch of salt unfortunately mark <laughs> i was looking forward to treating every of them with uh, great um respect mm. and thinking this is actually what happens but i saw the irish apparently what happens around new year's here in the hope that the new year will bring them a husband <laughs> some single women place mistletoe under their pillows well, i have yet <laughs> To see, maybe they put mistletoe in their hinge profiles, but they do not <laughs> put mistletoe under their pillows. Well, and you're not a single woman. Sorry, no, I'm not. I'm not going to speak or maybe yeah, no, but I'm maybe not they going just, to assume they don't tell us. Yeah. We're not supposed to know because we're the ones that are looking for the mistletoe under their pillows. Maybe it's a mass secret, like yeah, maybe <laughs> the, we're like, or not us, a single men are supposed to be going looking for these mistletoes, and there's pheromones in the mistletoe. <laughs> Uh, right well look, we'll leave that for we'll another leave that day. but uh, meanwhile some people you know who you are bang bread against the wall to drive away evil spirits <laughs> where in ireland in <laughs> <laughs> so i haven't verified that yet but uh, yeah i don't know May ask sean stafford so, yeah <laughs> you'd want a good loaf speaking of bread apparently armenian mothers bake special bread which they need looking good wishes into i'm sure that happens anyway i'd like to do mm. that that sounds like a good idea uh in burma shout out to all our burmese shout out burma. yeah the traditional thing yang festival involves people splashing water on one another in order to start the new year with a purified soul not even holy water no just water that's a water fight that's a Oh, controversial opinion. Go on. Um, <laughs> all water is holy. Oh, uh, yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Buddhist temples across the country herald in Japan the new year by ringing their bells 108 times, one for each of the human sins in Buddhist belief. Many Japanese people believe the act cleanses them of the previous year's sins. Mm, I read that too. In my research, yeah. So it must be true. If you must find two different sources. <laughs> there you go. Did you read about circles, Mark? And, uh, in the Philippines? Yes. Yes. 
Fuck you, well read and educated. I used to work with a Filipino family on a farm oh. in Australia, and they're the nicest people in the world. But when they get angry, they get so angry. Right. Sandro, Sandro was about five three, I'd say, a little like round man. He was round actually right. from the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he was like, Mark, Mark, how's it going, Mark? How are you today? Oh, and every, oh, how are all the girls in Ireland? <laughs> but then like. You'd like leave a hose on or you'd do something and he would fucking flip. He would get so mad. He'd eat fags. He's just like oh chewing on his fags going, Mark, for fuck's sake, I tell you to turn off the fucking thing. You know, this is costing us money. <laughs> Sorry, Sandro. And he'd always say my name in every sentence. So then I started doing it and he said thank you way more than he should have. So then I started doing it too with him. Because you know where you reflect people when you talk to him. Wow. He's like, okay, Sandro, thank you. He's like, okay, Mark, you, you go get the cows now. Thank you. And one day I let the cows out onto the road and he lost it. Absolutely lost it. And then I done it again. And then he rang me. I was on another farm milking at fucking four in the morning and he started screaming down the phone at me. And he was like, Mark, you can't keep fucking doing this. And then it's called Xander. I quit. And then I hung up. And then uh, two, weeks, two weeks later I was at home. <laughs> Maybe you needed Sandro to bring you home, like, like when you talk about small things, like the the fact that the pandemic you could be in New Zealand now is just yeah, crazy. crazy, isn't it? That's where I'd be. It's crazy. So about the Philippines and the circles, apparently they've been uh, long considered sacred in the Philippines. Uh, they feature heavily in the New Year with people wearing polka dots, eating round fruits, and tossing coins into pans. It is believed that these practices will bring prosperity. Mm. So there you go. Oh. Another fun fact. Yeah, fun fact about Filipinos. Mm. They're, so they have their kids and the oldest one was called Dongo, uh, but that wasn't his real name. His real name was like Joseph or something, but apparently Filipinos all called their first son Dongo. It means first son. Oh. So yeah. then I started calling him Dongo, but he's not my son, but that's all I ever heard them call him. <laughs> and this lad like didn't even have a Filipino accent. He went to college in Melbourne and he came up sometimes. Wow. So I was calling him Dongo. <laughs> it's like, had an Australian accent. It's like... Why are you calling me that? <laughs> That's mad. On the spherical theme, uh, in Singapore, they wish spheres, every year wishing spheres mm. containing people's hopes for the new year are released onto the Singapore River. The wishes are written on the white spheres and people come from all over the world to take part. Mm. So there you go now. Spheres? Yeah. Like r bubbles? like. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like big balls. Mm. Um, big balls. Big balls. <laughs> Yeah, in Venice, people gather in St. Mark's Square to see in the new year with a mass kissing session. Oh, that's one way to create fireworks. St. Mark. <laughs> but what do you make of all these, Mark? What, what, like, I like the, the simplicity of it all anyway. It's weird. Like, we just do things because other people do them, don't we? Yeah. We just do If you log logically stop and go, why am I doing this? With almost everything, you'll find out there's no good reason for it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> With a lot of traditions, like. Yeah. Like yeah. kissing the Blarney Stone, what the fuck is that about? Have you ever kissed it? No, my dad has. There's pictures of it. <laughs> there's pictures of it. <laughs> there is, he's upside down. Yeah. Yeah, kissed I kissed it, alright, yeah. But you got the gift of the gab from it. Oh, no. There no. was an article before that you got the gift of the gab in the Guardian, was it? Oh, there was, actually. What was that yeah. for? That, was, that wasn't to do it with the podcast. Speech competition. Yeah. Speech competition. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke the loudest. I spoke the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. I learned um, speech and drama when I was younger. Oh, yeah. For once. Right. And I didn't go back because they told me uh, to pronounce my THs. And was that why you were <laughs> so enrolled in? <laughs> yeah, that's why they wanted me to go because I didn't do it. Okay. Um, 
Was she who shall not be named your teacher? <laughs> yes. Was she? Oh, um. No, I don't know her. No, this was in primary school. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, but there was the whole thing there, apparently, on um, the fact that the Babylonians, they were really were the first to do this. and mm. uh, But they were worshipping some god and it was tied around the time of, like, change in the year. Um yeah, it was the venerable equinox, the day in late March with equal amount of sunlight and darkness. Mm. That was the new year. And like they marked it with a new king was crowned at the time. And uh, it, or it could have been that the current ru- ruler's divine mandate was renewed. And um, yeah, they seemed like they got it a bit. You know, they, they said things like around this time of year, like, oh, next year I'm not going to... Um, I'm going to pay back the loans that I have. Or I'm going to return farm machinery that I owe to someone else. Mm. So I kind of like, I think they were onto it. They knew what to do with New Year's. Yeah. Another thing, like New Year's resolutions and stuff. Mm. I even find myself like kind of being like, right, I have to fucking sort this out now naturally. Not being like, because the new year is coming. It's like, right, I need to fucking start. Like, is it because we've been in winter for so long and like you fucking, you're just bored? and dark and you're like right I need to do something to keep my mind busy and how am I going to get better how am I going to start fixing things I think that's kind of happening naturally with me so is that where this whole thing came from of New Year's resolutions or is it just an arbitrary because it's the 1st of January I think like anything in life it can be both can't it like like, um, yeah it's up to ourselves how we handle it like it sounds like that you use it as an opportunity then for incremental progress Mm, yeah Um. And which ties in nicely to your current Kindle book um, yeah. with uh, Atomic, Atomic Habits. You've read that, have you? James Clear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, is it? It's good. I prefer Charles Duhigg's uh, The Power of Habit. Uh, right, because yeah. it You was, read that years ago. Yeah, I was in New York when I bought it and I just found it revolutionary in thinking that, you know, habits can be distilled into Q habit routine. Reward. Or Q, Q routine reward or something. Yeah, so you, you mentioned that to me about quitting smoking as well when I was trying was the yeah. Q habit reward. And I did find it made sense. It makes sense in a lot of things if you're trying to quit. I remember, was it Brian Keane mentioned that in his book as well? That he oh, used yeah. to. You read uh, Rewire Your Mindset. Very good one, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. used to say that he was living in London and he was going home and just eating. As soon as he got home, he'd eat a bar of chocolate and sit on the couch. So instead of that, what he'd do is he'd leave his gym, gym, gym gear bag at the door on the way out in the morning to go to work so when he came back in from the door he'd see his gym gear bag and force himself to pick it up and go to the gym then so that was the trigger wasn't the chocolate it was the trigger was seeing the gear bag and yeah. he had to go and it worked for him yeah it's all boiled down to simple things isn't it at the end of the day um, it's like Joe Rogan's get that good feeling and that's sort of, yeah so that's why Mark Halpin Fitness starts back up on January 3rd, the right way. Monday, January 3rd. <laughs> that's it. It's a bank holiday somewhere, but it's it's not in the gym. Not in Castletown. No, no. Um, it actually ties nicely into, I think it's the Czech Republic do something as well. Uh, oh no, it's not the Czech Republic. It's not Austria either. They were somewhere and they... Oh, I forget it now. That's great. Sorry, Mark. Uh, a birthday here. A birthday? On New Year's Eve. Who's? Val Kilmer. Oh, right. Uh, Who's he? Uh, he Val Kilmer, Michael, let me tell you about Val Kilmer. He's an American actor, originally a stage actor. Kilmer became popular in the mid-1980s after a string of appearances in comedy films, starting with Top Secret, Real Genius, Top Gun, Willow, Tombstone. Jim. He played Jim Morrison in The Doors. 
uh, Chris Chernow's in Heat, Bruce Wayne in the Batman Forever movie in 95, when I was born. Uh, he was in The Saint and he was the Prince of Egypt. He's 61 now. Heavy set fella. Nice guy. Oh. Um, and Donald Trump Jr. was born on New Year's Eve. Was he? Yeah. All right. Is that... The Trumpster. The president's son or the president himself? The president's son. Oh, all right. Okay. I don't know what his father was. Yeah. His father was rich though, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Oh. Trump, he was a real estate lad as well, was he? I'm not sure what exactly he was in, but it wasn't the whole big thing about Trump was uh, it's like... I, I built this business from the ground up. I started off with a very uh, very small loan from my family oh, yeah. of a million dollars. Of a million dollars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-made man. Ah, yeah, absolutely. I, I've been watching 90 Day Fiancé, Michael. Yeah, and your love it. I, I love it. It's so slow-moving, but like it's um, so sad, but so entertaining at the same time. Like these, the, Some of the people on it are just delusional. Like There's one fella who... Um, he works as a nail technician. He does like manicures and pedicures. Not he doesn't make great money at like he he lives and he's had to cut down his uh, lifestyle effectively because he met this woman on a international dating app. They started talking, and they've been talking for about five years. He sent her the equivalent of forty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Twice he's organized for her to come over or him to go over there, and it fell through. So it's American. He's American. He's American. She's she is from Eastern Europe, somewhere Russia it could be, but uh, and we didn't see those like those two previous occasions. This is just kind of the current situation he's in, and he has he was going to go over to see her, and then she said you can't come because the Russia is at what Ukraine is where she is. Russia is at war with the Ukraine, oh, so she, they can't. She he can't come. And so she was uh, like, we'll go to Mexico instead. So he's making, she, she's making him buy a holiday in a resort in Mexico, oh in Cancun. Oh my gosh. So he sent her money to buy a flight. She uh, said she can't make that flight because it's her mother's birthday. She told him on the day they're oh, meant to fly it. out. <laughs> said then he bought her another flight for two weeks later. Her flight was two had to be two days after he arrived, so he flew to Mexico. Mm. He's in Mexico in this resort. This is where I am, and she still hasn't arrived, oh. and he hasn't heard from her in four days. Okay. See, I'd love if like there was a feature in Ninety Day Fiance where like I don't know people like you and I could like you know on the X Factor where they have the X or the the buzzer. Mm. You know, so right now you would have hit the buzzer maybe three days or three episodes oh, yeah, ago. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So and like everyone is telling this, all his friends are like. Look, you, you can't do this like what if yeah. she's not real and like he has all these photos of her she is beautiful like she is just like the, the perfect aesthetically built woman like blonde hair blue eyes perfectly built fit healthy like there's and this man probably has diabetes like i don't he's not a healthy looking man like he's overweight he's like you know not not to put him down around but they don't fit well you know, if you've seen the two of them together, you'd be like, something is going on here. But uh, he brought an engagement ring to bring him to Mexico. And the thing is, like, she sends him videos or whatever. And they don't video call. She talks audio only. She sends pictures. But any of the videos she sends to him, she calls him baby or my love. And she's never said his name in one of these videos. Oh, wow. So... These could be just videos she records and it's sent like five lads who are sending her $40,000. This cunt has broke himself. Like he's oh, taken out loans from his boss. 
he can't he's been eating just pot noodles for like oh months so he can afford to go to Mexico he's completely broke like and now with the Menezes in Mexico and it's so fucking sad to watch like I, I really hope she shows up uh, or like it's even bad if she shows up either way it's bad but like and he's there at the resort and he's at the bar and he's telling like all these people he's showing photos of her and like he's telling the concierge you know I'm gonna get engaged setting up a d dinner for the night she arrives and fuck like how do you get to that stage of delusion like how like he says and he says it's just hope and that he can't allow himself to think that she's not coming because it'd be too painful mm. so he's just constantly in this good mood and looking forward to it he just won't even think that she's not coming and that's what's put him in this hole as well and he can't see it mm. maybe he's putting a bit too much on her as well. oh maybe <laughs> yeah. definitely he's fucking broke himself yeah for this woman in the Ukraine like mm. It's a funny old world. It is a funny old world. I this you were talking about incremental habits and mm, how you yeah. were doing great work in uh, getting your life sorted before twenty twenty two as you poured the can of Guinness. Well, actually, on the Guinness mark, yeah. so it's less bubbly than the Bulmers. That's yeah. a very strong positive for the Guinness. Strong positive. Uh, I left all the bubbles from the Bulmers in the ditch outside my parents' <laughs> front window after Michael dropped me home last. <laughs> Saturday night was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a great night. No regrets. No regrets. It was regrets. fantastic. It was fantastic. It was yeah. one of the best nights. You know, this is the part that people don't talk about when you're sober. Well, this is what I've started to enjoy. Mm. There are moments when everyone is too drunk to enjoy how special a moment it is. <laughs> and last night, in the, that last night in the complex, everyone was in their drunken days. And I just leaned back on the bar and I go, this is beautiful. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. Because there's only 15 people there. The 15 people would not normally co communicate with one another. No. And would have no, strictly no ties. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it was perfect. Yeah. It was a perfect blend of everything. And when you talk about perfect blends, there's only one man that's involved there. It's Joe Comerford. Joe Comerford. Ah, you ah, know, like, yeah. it's just, it had everything. <laughs> I, I was just able to bask in the glory of this beautiful glow of social engagement. <laughs> and other people just drink. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's what, uh, yeah, but... Uh, in other news, uh, the Austrians in Tyrol, apparently they say that you're supposed to have your own room or your apartment cleaned up before midnight. This has Jordan Peterson <laughs> written all over it. Otherwise, the Vuzelen, these little ones, get angry and one of your family members dies. So oh my God. God. Actually, that took a... <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a bit of a strange one. So <laughs> There you go. That's a random one. Um, so what do we think mark would you would you like to take up any of these traditions like or like what 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 makes you what do you 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 just think the traditions are silly then or do you think that we're piggybacking on stuff or not that they're silly i think they're fun for the most part but when you actually look at like why do we do these things like why do we have a tree in the sitting room do we put presents under after school after school do you see it today yeah Mushrooms, magic mushrooms, <laughs> mushrooms are why you have Christmas trees. The lesson of it all. It, it, there, ha there was a lot of congruency to the message. Like it seemed, it it has weight. Yeah. Did you listen to the, the talk? Was it um, what's it, Paul Stamets or who was oh. it, or was it Terence McKenna? All right. What did you actually listen to them talk about the mushroom? The red and white mushroom. Red and white mushroom. Yeah. Amanita muscaria or something. Isn't yeah, it? that's correct. Um, that was. 
It's a it's a psychedelic mushroom that is found in the North Polar Iceland. Mm. Is that one of those places? And a reindeer used to eat it. A reindeer used to seek it out. Right. And no, sorry, reindeer do seek it out. Yeah. That's what what they eat, and they reckon the whole story came from this mushroom, the red and white that they grow under the pine trees, in these this, Icelandic or whatever yeah. the fuck it is, and they they cause people to have. Uh, psychedelic experiences and that's where the whole thing came from there's a whole thing with the shaman um the shaman is apparently meant to be santa claus and then he's bringing a he's bringing these mushrooms to neighbors houses yeah and um because of the ice and the snow there would he wouldn't be able to get in the door so he'd put his empty his sack down the chimney down the chimney uh, with the mushrooms so uh, it was I found it interesting you know that there could be some parallels I love parallels so much Mark parallels Harper. yeah I remember I was in a history lecture in first year and I'll never forget it and you know that song um, oh oh gee any amount something about light uh, we are the light of the world and anyway there was the lecturer was comparing this pop song about light to 500 years earlier this uh, 1500s or 1500s uh, song, religious song about the light of the world and everything, and the lyrics were extremely similar. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, I just I was blown away by that. I loved it so much. Yeah, uh, what uh, about the mushrooms? Sorry, I was thinking yeah. there uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Did oh, you ever yeah. hear that theory? I haven't read into it much. You have though. So they reckon the Dead Sea Scrolls are documented psychedelic mushroom trips. Mm. That were written because they were found under a mountain or something, weren't they? Or caves. A cave, sorry, they were hidden in a cave. So they reckon that all these, what book was it in, the Dead Sea Scrolls? But it's all this wild shit, like, about fucking, like, people arriving on flying horses and setting fire to everything and the new rebirth of the universe and stars and all this shit. But they reckon that this was written in an area where psychedelic mushrooms grow. So that they rec- they wrote down these experiences because they, whilst you're going to think they're divine experiences, that's God giving you a message. They wrote down these messages from God because they obviously didn't want anyone else to know about it. So they hid them in the caves. Mm. That's where they were found and added in. Book of Genesis, I think, isn't it? Or is Genesis? Genesis is already in. That's the early book of the Bible. Yeah, that could um, be one of the... Uh, yeah, Jenny, you have me now. That could be another topic for paper. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Any plans now for this? Is Christmas Eve we're recording this on? It so is. We haven't celebrated Christmas yet. No, no. Um, with COVID, I think a lot of families are going to have disjointed Christmas experiences. I think so, yeah, mm. unfortunately. But um, yeah, as my mother said yesterday, um, that when there's not an ambulance at the door, then it's a, it's a good day. So, not that there has been an ambulance, <laughs> ever, but it's just. Uh, yeah, I suppose you have to be grateful. I know this vaccine is a curse and all, but well, it's not a curse, but I don't know. It just feels like we have, we have to keep getting these and then people are getting sick from getting the vaccine. But the vaccine is probably working. Mm. That's, that's the good it's thing. a pain in the arm. It is a pain in the arm. <laughs> but like the fact that like uh, we know that people have got the COVID and they're not that bad because they've got the vaccine, which then isn't a necessary uh yeah, necessary yeah. thing. Someone said to me the other day that COVID is like the sugar babes. Right. Because the new, so the sugar babes were really strong when they first came out. And then they sort of 
disbanded for a while and then they came back and they weren't as good they weren't as strong and they came back and they weren't as good again so i reckon like just, it gets weaker kind of every time oh that's a nice mentality to look at yeah <laughs> gets weaker every time that's nice yeah but the, the world wasn't attacked by the sugar babes either oh, well, I don't know. Sugar babes. no i didn't embrace the sugar babes you did not no. not for lack of trying <laughs> Yeah, um, but this is because of COVID and all. It does. You are not going to go to Christmas Eve mass, and you're not going to go to the anchor, are you? Are you going to? I don't know. We've been home in hand. So yeah, we go. might go to the anchor. Won't go to mass. Mass is just yeah. too dangerous. <laughs> We're safer in the anchor. <laughs> I remember one year I um, was out in Gory, and I jumped up on someone's back outside the main garden, and I fell. I hit my head. And I definitely 100% had a concussion. And the next morning I woke up and decided to go to the anchor as soon as it opened. And I drank in there all day, just Diet Coke and vodka, which I don't drink for no reason. I, I just drank that all day from open till close. And I was fine. And I don't, I don't know why I did it in the first place, why I drank Diet Coke. And I, for periods of time, like I went down, I think, with Flood. And he went home and I stayed there. And then someone else came as Flood was leaving and I drank with them and then they went home. And then <laughs> I found more people every time. I was just doing shifts around different like families and people. And I was fine. I didn't get drunk, but I 100% had a concussion. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there in the first place. That's crazy. So strange. Isn't that way yeah. like things like that can affect how you act? Yeah. On that topic, I've been watching Derek from More Plates, More Dates on oh, youtube right. yeah. who uh does reviews uh, like he's uh kind of like evolved in the fitness sort of community or whatever but he's like not uh, inspirational he's very intelligent funny fellow like and he reads stories from his subreddit of uh steroid abuse gone wrong and like the effects steroids have on someone's actions and their mental capacity it can drive you insane and there's people who like blame steroids they do steroids in like their 20s and that's like your brain is fully formed when you're 25 so if you start doing steroids that affect your brain chemistry at, in your teens and early 20s that can mess you up like big time and there's people who are like <laughs> writing these stories and one lad had this he didn't trust himself to talk to girls because he thought he'd hurt them he thought he'd beat them up like he didn't but he thought he would so he designed a sex robot fully designed it and sent your man on like told his whole story he done way worse shit as well like he used to think racist thoughts so then he'd feel so bad for thinking racist thoughts that he'd go to his canteen in school and buy hot dogs for the black and asian kids to apologize to them for his thoughts even though they had no idea and these were like you know people went more well off than him <laughs> he drew these designs for the sex robot and like measurements were out for the face and math equations for like the tone of voice of the sex robot just really fucking frantic neurotic and shit the like. steroids triggered these events like yeah yeah because he's off him now and he's like a normal person but he That's reckons crazy. he went totally fucking insane on steroids it's a particular one called trembolone and uh, that's like the, it's used for cattle when you transport them over long distances if you're shipping cap cattle around the world you give them trembolone so that they won't lose muscle mass but this stuff like people bodybuilders and stuff inject themselves with it and it just it ruins your brain like drives you absolutely insane 
there's people like in other stories where like they've gone to jail and like they've beaten up girlfriends they've cheated on their wife who'd have been with for like 10 years beforehand and they've had like built harems of women and just like got stabbed and stuff just because it makes them so neurotic and crazy and then they come off it and then they feel so remorseful for what they did because it wasn't them it wasn't the personality it was this what these steroids did to them and why would you go on these steroids is this to build muscle mass or yeah these are just not even like competitive bodybuilders these are just lads in the gym who took didn't know what they were taking that's crazy and yeah. before you uh, discovered this, the, well, this podcast, or did you know that steroids had such effects? I had heard, you know, you hear about roid rage and stuff like that. Road rage? R- <laughs> no. Roid rage. What's roid rage? Roid rage is just, it's a, a theory that like steroids make you very angry oh. or it can cause you to flip off the handle and stuff. Oh. But the more you learn about it, the more it's like it's certain types of steroids. There's so many different types, like testosterone itself, like people take testosterone replacement therapy. Mm. and hormone replacement therapy which I, i'll probably do when i get older into my 40s just to keep it at a baseline of where it is now so i can still train and not get injured or sick mm. but uh these people just like that testosterone is one of the safest ones you can take because mm. your body actually produces that but like trembolone your body doesn't make the stuff that carries cattle you know <laughs> so when you put that in it it's going to start messing everything up mm. there's loads of different ones that just destroy your insides destroy your brain and they cause people to act in really strange ways so they're crazy stories so i'd recommend going to derek for more plates more dates and watching some of the reddit stories he reads brilliant Straight entertaining very good mark what have you learned today uh we've learned a lot of new year's traditions we have we have you learned, learned any of them uh no we've <laughs> learned about the man who shall not be named Yes, more on that later on our Patreon. Yeah, sign up for the Patreon. Please do. Yeah. And I suppose we've learned that don't take steroids and... uh, Don't take steroids, the power of habit. Power of (laughs) habit. Don't get into a habit. Yeah, we've gone everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you have a lovely new year and may every health and happiness come come to you and your family. Happy new year, folks. Three, two, one. Hey! (laughs)